Good day, everyone. Today is entitled Living by I Am. This is our sixth talk. We're talking about living from the fullness of Christ or living by the I Am of Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, enlighten our minds and our hearts. Lead us into the fullness of the truth. Our Lady, seat of wisdom, pray for us. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, so that's a kind of a strange title, Living by I Am. John 8, 24. Jesus, as he's in full debate with the Pharisees, says, I told you that you would die in your sins. For you will die in your sins unless you believe that I am. Now that sounds strange, and there'll be different translations to make it sound more English, everyday language. For example, my translation has, you will die in your sins unless you believe that I am he. But the Greek is the, just is I am, which is... Uh, has incredible depth to it because, of course, that takes us back to the burning bush where Moses hears the name of God, I am, or I am who I am. So this this mystery of God who is uh, in who is creator, who is holds everything in being, who is uh, not allowed to be circumscribed in a in a concept. He's the great, the great I am. So belief is connected with uh, believing that Jesus is I am, that he is God, that he is the source of life. And this salvation of ours is being restored, being restored back into the life of God has to do with living from from that, from the source, and not from the world, and not from ourselves. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. St. Paul is speaking to us who have been baptized. And he made you alive when you were dead through trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work and the sons of disobedience. Among these, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of the body and mind, and so we were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So we come into this world, there's original sin, and St. Paul speaking to those who came to Christ as adults, if we came to have our baptism uh, as a child or as an infant, then this passage will still apply to us in the sense of this inclination that God doesn't take away through baptism, this inclination towards the world, this inclination towards selfishness, towards sin. And that is this world of darkness. And that is our natural inclination, uh, in a sense, natural inclination, that will be with us until the day we die, until our last breath. 
Now, it sounds kind of powerful, or it gives it a lot of energy, momentum, when you say it's natural inclination. On a deeper, on a deeper level, and with a, a baptized soul, while we still have this inclination towards sin selfishness, our, our bend now, And the, uh, the way that we're kind of pointed is towards Christ. And it's if we have this empty vessel, if we empty ourselves out of the world and following the prince of darkness and the inclination to sin, if we're ready to die to these things, if we're ready to let these things die and to actively receive the love of God and put that into practice, which is going to mortify, which is going to, to kill these selfish uh, passions within us. We have more than enough strength to, to overcome all that. This following of the world and these inclinations, these desires, we got to always remember there is no neutrality. So we have to be aware of uh, our kind of autopilot mode or a normal way of living that is going to be uh, always on a downward slope. We've got to get out of autopilot mode that can often be in the past, in the future, in worries, uh, doubts, uh, these things that kind of swirl around our mind and kind of darken the heart uh, that often we're not aware of. And hence that's one of the, one of the things we, we must learn to, is to be aware, to be present. Now, Interestingly enough, neuroscience uh, tells us that the brain uh, decides for us even before a choice is already made, when we're in this kind of autopilot mode, where we're just kind of cruising along in life. On one hand, that's okay, and there's not, absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's how we're made. That's how the brain's made, so that we don't have to, so we don't have to always be thinking about things and measuring and weighing the right thing to do and we would be too caught up in our head with that. On the other hand, it uh, shows us that if we don't step back at times and we don't kind of align our, our thoughts and our actions, our choices with what is right and true and what is the will of God, then we'll be going going the other way. There's a connection between the I am of Jesus and our salvation. Psalm 15, I keep Yahweh, I am. I keep I am before me always. 
He is the source, in him we find life. Now this is inscribed in our being. This isn't just something that all of a sudden we realize through, through faith and through prayer. We do continue to deepen that, but it's inscribed in our very being and our psychology as well. And modern psychology is showing, um, seems like it's doing research on how the other makes us whole, how the other makes us another person, has our identity, self-esteem, etc. So it's through another that we discover who we are. And when this other person specifically our parents, especially growing up, without this love and attention that we have difficulty to come to know who we are and to live a life to the full. So the closer I come to God, the more I become myself. St. Anthony of the Desert addressed his, his followers in this way. I address those who know themselves. Those who know themselves know God and know how they are seen in the eyes of God, who is pure truth, mercy, love. This is how we arrive at the fullness of our personhood. A genuine sign of the spiritual life is someone who has developed their person, their personhood, somebody mature, responsible, humble. So that's where we see we have to be really careful with this uh, kind of worldly spirituality that talks about self-realization. You're not going to realize who you are through yourself and yourself alone as if introspection or um, some kind of eastern form of meditation or following your deepest desires um, etc is going to bring you to some kind of uh, realization of who you truly are yes God wants you to Discover your deeper desires, but through him, through his eyes, through his gaze upon you, it's going to draw that out. And then with him, you kind of run together in that. You have been saved through God's grace by faith. And he's prepared works for you beforehand so that you walk in them with your person, with your gifts, with your talents that you walk in them and with him and through him. So back to this psychological kind of flourishing of the person. Um, and there's three me's or three eyes that we can say. The first is this psychological, psychological aspect of the child within. The second is the present person, the adult, who's grounded in reality. And the third is the divine child, the child of God. 
So here we're kind of mixing levels, human, spiritual, level of faith. Um, this first one's an insight into our psychology again. Um, the psychological, uh, so our memory, our identity as a child, three to six years old. And it's this um, process of kind of freeing that child who is meant to be absolutely loved, absolutely taken care of, comes to know who they are. And where the, where the mind, the reason is not very well developed at all. And so during that stage of our life, um, our, our self-talk is not so much with words, but it's with images, with impressions, with feelings. So depending on what the environment around us was giving us, uh, really shapes that. And so there, that's where, that's where healing can come in, and that's where it can be so good to have a, a, good, a good counselor, a therapist, it will help in healing, especially if there was a trauma or really some major aspects missing in that period of your life. And also, of course, God is going to bring his healing into the, that area through prayer, through the sacraments, through spiritual accompaniment, etc. The second me or I to live by this fullness of God. So we're understanding this in the context of salvation comes from Christ, who is the fullness of humanity and who gives us the fullness of who we are and our identity. And it all comes down in the end to know that we are children of God. We are in the Son. We are in Christ, the Son of God. And so we have the fullness and we can live by that fullness. The second eye is this present person, this now, here we are. And it's to be grounded in reality and to, to face reality as it is. Whether it's an uncomfortable situation that we have to face, uh, feelings, uh, there can be feelings of abandonment, feelings of... Um, loneliness, to be present here, to have the courage to face reality. And this is where uh, certain things can help. Um, like, for example, the, the Mindful Catholic by Gregory Botaro it speaks about and gives kind of methods and techniques um, to to kind of ground ourselves in the present moment and how that can lead us to, to prayer and lead us to this sense, uh, the sense of uh, divine presence, so to put us, ourselves in the presence of God, the sacrament of the present moment. One um, exercise in particular that I liked that he brought in the book was what he calls the sacramental pause which we can do throughout the day and multiple times throughout the day, where we just kind of come back to, to our senses, can be aware of our breath, 
but most especially to understand that God is here with us now. So that brings us back to, the, to, to our senses, literally. Brings us back to the reality of the present moment. And it can make us aware that God is with us, God is present. So we always live now. So that second I is now. It's always, it's always now. So that is connected and that is um, building on our, our child, physical, uh, psychological, like what we really went through as a child. And now we, here we are, the present person. But the third I is the one we may have the least consciousness of, but that is the deepest reality. This is the divine child. We are a child of God. And so to realize that again, how essential that is to have our identity in Christ. And to know that we are absolutely unconditionally loved. So Christian morality, and that's, and that's the key thing here, that Christian morality always starts from the fullness. It always starts from this abandonment, this surrender to God. Because if we start our morality, if we're trying to work on our patience, work on our anger, um, whatever virtue it might be that we're trying to, to acquire, whatever sin it is that we're trying to get over, that if we're not coming from a place of abandonment and surrender to God's infinite love and mercy, then those efforts are going to be seriously um, hindered. And they can actually lead us further away from, from the reality of who God is. You will die in your sins unless you believe that I am. Through that divine gaze of Christ, we come to understand that we are infinitely loved. Everything from our past, our mistakes, our sins, are wiped away. Our wounds, our scars, while not healed, completely will be as we journey in life and will be completely healed in the end. And so it's from that place, being a child of God, that we come to want to love God and love others, love our brothers and sisters. And from there, virtue is going to flow. You will become more patient. You will get over anger, any addictions, bad habits. As you put love into practice, and you can put love into practice because you yourself are infinitely loved. So the Christian acts from this fullness. See, one way to put it is that sin is just trying to fill up the emptiness of our life. You're trying to fill that gap, that emptiness, with various things. And that's why even the Pharisees, who were very virtuous in some ways and went by the law and went by the rules, 
we're still trying to fill their emptiness, their lack of trust and abandonment and faith in God with, with so-called virtues. And that's what we have to be aware of as Christians. Philippians 4, 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let all men know your forbearance. The Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. St. Isaac, Isaac the Syrian who said, Watch over your peace. Don't get into multiplicity. Watch over your peace. Beware of multiplicity. Your, pre, your peace and your joy, that is where your actions will come when we live from the fullness of Christ. So remember that peace always goes with that surrender. Surrender which implies faith, hope, and love. So salvation is to receive the fullness of I am. And it's to continue to return to Christ over and over and live by that fullness. It's to unbury that treasure in the field. In our baptism, where we progressively learn how to tap into this treasure. The meditation for today will be 1 John 2, 28 to 310. 1 John 2, 28 to 310. Speaking of how we are, how we're children of God. So for this meditation, open a dialogue with Jesus. First of all, express your desire to be a beloved child of God. Secondly, ask if there's any obstacles that the Father sees. And try to sense any obstacles yourself that might be in the way of living from that fullness. Thirdly, request, ask, that these obstacles be removed. And finally, just sit in the presence of God, receiving God as your Father. We lift this all up to our Blessed Mother as she intercedes for us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.